Hu Cheng's refusal to detail the specifics, even at such a preliminary stage, was a clear indication that the Chinese fully understood their leverage in the matter. After all, they had a gargantuan aircraft carrier steaming toward the Middle East. They had tremendous economic power as both a consumer and supplier of many American goods, and they held over two trillion in United States debt. Beckett was worried most about the United States debt the Chinese controlled. It was like a guillotine hanging over his head. At any moment, the Chinese could drop the blade, lopping the head off any plan Beckett might be putting together. The whole point of Beckett's mission was to circumvent such an action while also subverting Allah's fortune, and perhaps also bringing much-needed stability to the Middle East, certain rogue nations notwithstanding. The information Beckett and Pearson gathered all pointed toward a massive Chinese sell-off anyway, so what would be lost in trying? Unfortunately, the answer to that question would probably be less than satisfying. Dispatching the new carrier to the Middle East was the Chinese way of stirring the pot. The Chinese could easily take Beckett's plan as a sign of weakness and capitulation. If that was the case, they would almost certainly increase the pressure and be more inclined to carry out their plan of dumping all that United States debt, or at least making public their threat to do so. To Beckett, good diplomacy was always based on mutual respect for the other side. Both parties had to forge a deal that actually gave up something of value in return for things gained. Beckett feared this would not be the case with the Chinese, and he worried that Vice Premier Hu Cheng would show up simply to assess how weak the Americans were, with no regard for cutting a deal, no matter how mutually beneficial. There was a lot Beckett had to take for granted. This made him very uneasy. There was way too much at stake not the least of which was his political career, to do something silly like trust the Chinese. No, that wouldn't do at all. Like Harry Pearson said, it could spell disaster. Yet a large degree of trust was necessary to bring Beckett's plan to fruition. Beckett had to trust his theory of economic interdependency to trump all else. He also had to trust Vice Premier Hu Cheng no matter what sort of posture he adopted in public in order to appear strong in the eyes of the world. Beckett's plan was all about the money. Give it to some, taking it away from others. It was about trillions in bonds and trillions more in future oil contracts. It was about unfettered Chinese access to oil, the lifeblood of the world's manufacturing machine, and reorganizing the socio-political landscape of the Middle East forever. Everything appeared to be set up, but it still depended on China's disposition. The one thing Beckett knew for sure was that Vice Premier Hu Cheng would have an air of superiority bordering on grandiosity. He would carry it with him to their meeting, like it was one of those steamer trunks stickered from all over the world. Hu Cheng would have a big ego and demand the utmost in respect and protocol. In Beckett's diplomatic and military experience, that was typical for such characters— and that was okay. Beckett was counting on it. He planned on making Hu Cheng a national hero in his homeland, provided, of course, he bought into Beckett's master plan. He would know soon enough, or maybe he wouldn't. It was the not knowing with the Chinese that was driving him crazy. That's when it struck him. He decided to call Camille. Of course, 
Why hadn't he thought of it sooner? He dialed Camille's number from the phone in the plane and waited for her to pick up. He smiled to himself. Did she know he would call her before he even dialed? If so, why was it ringing so many times?